When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I've been the penny. I will buy the stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. Morning, everybody. Welcome to this Monday edition of Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep. Spencer Israel here with Joel Elkanen and Dennis Dick on today's show. Boeing, another headline weighing on the market here this morning. We'll talk about that. PCG had some news. Uh, the governor has rejected their bankruptcy proposal, so we'll talk about that. A number of interesting ratings today. Goldman Sachs getting upgraded. Uh, Pepsi, TradeWeb. There's a few more on my list here that I saw, so we'll get through Micron and Susquehanna, so we'll get through those as well. Our guest today, Frank Holmes. He is the CEO and CIO of U.S. Global Investors. He will join us at 8.35. In the meantime, Joel, what is the word here in the overnight session? Up, up, and away. S&P futures trading at the highs of the session, 31.90. Up 14.75, that is your high. Higher open for those of you that were trying to buy the close at 75 and a quarter. Forget it. Pre-market low, 31.77. Uh, target, I mean, why don't we just put 3,200 here on the table? That's only 10 handles away and fits within the average daily range. Crude, over $60, down three cents though at 60.04, high as 60.20, low of 59.71. Gold in the green by 60 cents at 1481.80. Silver trying to retake $17, up 8.3 cents at 17,095. Bitcoin leading on 7,000 here in the futures going into the end of the year, down $155 at 7,110. Triple D, I'm looking at the. Percentage up in the S&P, and it looks like everything's pretty much agreeing. I see half a percent in the S&P, and I see three-tenths of a percent, uh, you know, a little bit more than that uh, as far as percentage gainers. How you doing this the bull, The bull run just continues. The bull run continues. So, I mean, it's going to continue here like this. Uh, I've got my daughter here with me. I'm trying to actually parent and do a radio show right now because my wife had to take the kid to the bus stop. Bus stop time is just a horrible time. It's like right at eight o'clock. 
So we sometimes have a few minutes overlap. Okay. So I don't have my video on because she's literally on my lap right now as I'm talking. So and Wi-Fi here coming in here in a second. That's so okay. So we got we're in a fast market here always in this household in the morning. So, anyways, <laughs> um, I'm gonna get rid of Natalie here in one second. I'm gonna don't be able to talk Natalie. stocks with you. So you guys are gonna talk for a second. Spencer's trying to dramatically to start the video because he wants to see Natalie. I think. <laughs> <laughs> but uh i'm trying to uh not show my daughter who's we want to so. see natalie we don't necessarily need to see no her, she's though. good so <laughs> she says goodbye <laughs> it's all good there's no video on so all right well okay. in, in, in the meantime we all right I, I my wife just took my wife just took the baby she's gonna close the door so i'm good to go all right so eight o'clock bus time worst time could you talk especially when you start an eight o'clock radio show because when you only have two parents one has to take the kid to the bus stop Want us to do the radio show? Makes it always interesting here. Well, can you talk to the school system and maybe... Uh, it was 8.30 last year. 8.35. They raised it up 35 minutes. It's an early time. The bell, 8.10. That's an early bell time. Especially what? for a five-year-old. Like, Spencer likes to sleep in. Like, you got to basically wake him up to get him going there. Why don't you just so, put him in an Uber? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. That sounds good. Let's send the five-year-old kid in an Uber and just hope for the best. That rating... the. the uh, they have a five-star rating you're good to go right <laughs> pretty much all right i can start my video here now the girl is gone yeah, we can yeah. go all right so Boeing Welcome to here. parenting and trading all at the same time we, we gotta do boeing uh they are <laughs> they're considering cutting or halting the production on the 737 max uh. this is common this has been common i mean we talked about this on the show i didn't understand why when UAL decided, hey, we're going you know, to go with the Airbus, that the stock wasn't down that day. And I was like, this is, this, it was just unbelievable to me that the stock was actually trading up the next morning on that news. It was horrible news. I mean, nobody's going to be buying these planes if they're not safe. So this is a huge revenue stream for them. It's a huge issue. So it's a 328. Now, it's probably going to test the lows of 320. That's where we go back into August. And obviously, we had significant rallies from there. So we'll see what happens at that point. But I, this news is not shocking to me. Uh, it is not good, uh, good news at all. Uh, and here you are. I mean, we talked about the trading range. And now you're going to be testing the bottom of that trading range. I see the October low at 324.40. And then Triple D mentioned the really the ultimate low uh, since this uh, – the problems was started. That's three nineteen fifty five. It's come down here a lot, but the difference is there hasn't been this news out there that they may cut. I mean, it's just you know they're saying that they may cut back or totally if they cut out that plane. I well, mean, wait, what is just jump in? I don't know what the revenue stream for. It's obviously significant. Well, I don't but, know either, but but you know that's something for you know if somebody's done the homework on. I'm sure it's been done out there. I mean, Boeing's been talked about nonstop for the last six months. So you know, what's the <laughs> revenue cut here going to be all about? If they you know have to actually not produce this plane anymore, so it's a significant issue. It's the issue that has brought the stock obviously down originally. It keeps getting shrugged off and keeps coming back at the 380, Let's put it technically, it is still within the range, though. So okay. we've been down here on bad news before on these Boeing planes. 319.05, a low back in August of uh, just this year. So going back four months ago, that's going to be the critical level for it to hold. But this is a definition of a headline stock. It's hard to trade technically when I have a new headline every other day. Uh, if they do do it, uh, potential write-downs. Correct. And, uh, you know, what that will do to their workforce. This is the first time they've even hinted at this. So 
At the bottom of the trading range, technically trading, yeah, you know, 319.55, I think, was that low. So there you're looking at the bottom of the range. If you think, you know, this will come to pass, then use the range trading. But this, like I said, this is different news here for Boeing and uh, trading down just near the lows of the pre-market session down 1342. Jump back. Obviously, if you're trading the Dow and you're looking, why is the Dow not up nearly as much? It's because the Boeing is over 10, I believe it's 10% or 11% of the Dow. So you got to consider that. Boeing have a definitely a significant impact on it with DIA only trading up 0.25% the market up 0.5%. So diamonds are up only half of what the S&P are thanks to Boeing. All right, let's go to some bad news here. Well, we'll stay on the bad news, and then we'll just do all good news for the rest of the show. What's the other bad news? Give it to me. PCG. Oh, yeah. Yeah, this one was uh, late Friday. California Governor Gavin Newsom saying no to uh, PG&E's bankruptcy reorg plan. So this is the saga that never ends. Right back down here uh once again headline stock mm -hmm. down three bucks down 293 we kind of came last time we came down we got down under five there that was uh back at the end of october ways away from that now i don't know maybe lower seven dollar handle look for that that was part of really where the rally came from in the month of december but once again you're trading a headline stock you can't control the headlines if you're short getting a little bit of a windfall if you're looking to pick this up on the long side a lot of uncertainty there that's uh that's my take on that they now sure. have until tomorrow to resubmit a plan or amend it in some way shape or form to the governor's satisfaction i don't buy bankrupt stocks so you know <laughs> hoping for something at the end of the day for the equity shareholders is just that hope so i've been talking about this for a long time um, obviously, you know, it's went down to $5, ran to 20, came back down to basically five, a little bit, you know, lower yeah. than that, $3.55. And now it's run up here again on the hopes that there's going to be something left for equity shareholders. I'm um, just out. Not, not for me. Next. 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 Well, we can go to the bit of a. What's the Ameren? Or. Okay, Jump we, the Ameren. Yeah, we, we can go to the Ameren. Sure. Uh, this was. I mean, it's a, this biotech Monday here again, isn't it? Isn't there another stock that's flying too? There are a few. Yeah. So this might as well just cover all these things. They just keep, you know, every every morning we come in and there's huge, huge news in the biotechs. It seems like the Ameren news was late Friday um, after the close. They received FDA approval for uh, Vascepa. I guess that's what you what you how you pronounce it uh, to reduce cardiovascular risk. Um, they see this drug. Uh, let's see, uh, the net revenue for this drug would be in the 410 to 425 million dollar range. So big drug for them. And a big pop for uh, them as well here this morning. Stock was moving, it's been moving here for a while, but now we are going to challenge the recent high of the move. It looks like the recent high of the move is only 24.67, so we're significantly over that in the pre-market. So unless there's a dramatic reversal here, we're going to open up over that high AMRN, uh, this going back, you got to go back a little ways here. I mean, is this all-time highs? I'm, I can go back no, to 2012. This is a reverse uh, stock. Oh, it's one of these. It's reversed yeah. quite a few times. Yeah, so um, hard to give levels. I mean, it, the chart looks good short-term, long-term, yeah. you're looking at it. But uh, I'll just give you, if you're looking for a target here, We've been up to 2760. So that's a buck 50 away. Someone's patiently taking some profits here. So 
That's your target. The longer you take to get up to that 2760 and bust through that in a 28 handle, a little bit more of a fade. Kind of been anticipating good news in this thing. It's a volatile stock for a $25 stock, but uh, this is it at your lowest level since you hit that pre-market high at 2760. I guess we'll just keep going. Keep going, Biotech. News: Axum Therapeutics (AXSM) is the top of my Gainer leaderboard this morning. They achieved the primary endpoint in the Gemini Phase Three trial for a wow. major depressive disorder and blast off. Wow! Is this one an all-time high, Joe? Because it looks like it here, unless you go way yeah. back. Yeah, I'm just going to the monthly here, and this is just blown off it to the away. races. Yeah. I don't know. Pick your poison in this one. Uh, just busting higher uh, at the highs of the pre-market session. So th up 38.69, 82%. I don't know. If you have a target at 86, take your target at 86. Besides that, I don't know what to tell you about this one. I couldn't, couldn't have any idea where to buy it on a gap up here. It's a big move here, obviously. And these wow. things... These things are wild. So once they've had the positive news, I'm always hands off. I mean, sometimes I find some sympathy plays. Sometimes I play them that way. But for the most part, I usually am not trading the leader on these big ones. And why is that? Because how do I control the risk? I mean, you come in here by 85, it'd be at, you know, 675 on you. These things move. If you come in short at 85, it'd be at 95. It's very hard to control the risk and stuff like this. Um, this is where, you know, newer traders, I still believe, struggle a lot because they want to go to what is moving. They want to go to where they make the most money, the fastest. That's what everybody wants to do is get rich fast, right? I'm telling you, this stuff is the hardest stuff to trade. I mean, hardest stuff to trade. Yeah. If you're looking for a target, just see, you know, keep an eye on that pre-market high. You have good, uh, you have a lot of stock trading here. So people are for real on this move. Current high is 85.49. I don't know what the short interest is in this one, but if you are short, uh, I don't know. It doesn't look like there's many offers to cover on this one. Uh, one right, more, next. more biotechs? More biotechs. Yeah, there's one more. This is not good news, and it's actually not a direct uh, headline. It's an impact on the stock. It is a sympathy move. So the stock we're talking about here is Gossamer, G-O-S-S. -S. It is down because nothing that the company did, but Novartis uh, they have a very similar drug that they discontinued. It's an asthma medication, and Gossamer's leading uh, drug candidate right now is the same kind of medication. <laughs> That's a what's the symbol on this one? G O S S. Oh, they're going off the board. I've never even I've never traded this stock before, so I found one that I've actually never traded before. Down forty two percent. I mean, you go look at the lows. Yep. Lows of the move, $14.49. I know we're a long ways away from there, but it's already down 10 points. Why be a hero? I'm not coming in here and saying it's going to stop at 17. Who knows? Again, hardest stuff to trade. Think it'd be it up at 20. Think it'd be down at 14. Hardest stuff to trade. And, uh, you know, also, unless you're doing your homework on this and you know the, you know, the, the drug and the effects. And well, the that's it, too. Everything. I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's not true. I mean, this is. I guess the street is interpreted this as being directly related to the company. I have no idea. I don't know if I was short this and I saw that much lower print here at uh, 1397. I'd be keeping a real close eye on that. And if it did go into any kind of retreat, I mean, this is once again, not a lot of people play the short side, but there is some short interest in it. 
this is, uh, you know, this is, uh, you know, news from heaven if you aren't this short. Looks like you do have some buying coming in. All time low was just made last month at fourteen forty nine. So I'd keep I keep an eye on that. But you're already three bucks above it. So you got some bids coming in here on that uh, way lower print. One more. We'll do one more. Okay. Okay. So we'll move on. Wave Life Sciences, WVE. They're discontinuing development on a drug for Duchenne and muscular dystrophy. Down 21 bucks. So these things, it's all depends when you got these one, you know, and her very one or two trick ponies here. One oh, drug makes boy. all the difference. So, you know, you have one doubling and one going down 50%. I mean, it's, it's difficult. You know, that's why you never put all your eggs in one basket, especially if you're in biotech stocks, because you can lose it all overnight or you can make a killing overnight. It all depends on how these trials go. Uh, Kramer often gives advice, you know, diversified, buying a dozen of these smaller biotech stocks and staying diversified within it. I would agree with that. I mean, I think if you're sitting there and you're just, you know, putting all your eggs in one basket, it's a good way to blow out your account in some of these things. But, you know, there's still speculation and they're still, you know, fun to play. And if you stay diversified across a whole bunch of them, one stock isn't going to kill you. So WVE, hopefully, well, for the longs, hopefully they're diversified and they've got some other stocks. So this thing's down 58% today. Yeah, I thought this this would be a tough hold with uh, Sarepta getting all that approval. I guess if they do one drug for Duchenne mushroom difference, they can always do another one. But uh, tough hold, trade it down and see if it can uh, recover. WV, man, these biotechs. They move. There's so many in the news lately. Like we, you know, get into these laws where you don't hear much from the biotechs. It's not as of late. They're like lighting up the news every single day here, the biotechs. Mergers too. Mergers, drug news. It's been so much biotech news. I mean, especially in the gene therapy stuff. The gene therapy arena is just hot. And, and, you know, even that crystal biotech we talked about there. I sold that thing back as $45.65 now. It's just been a mistake to sell these things. But, man, some of these things have just run and run and run. It's K-R-Y-S, right? Yeah. Yeah. Nice, smooth chart there. Uh, Uh, I mean, it's all going to depend on the trials, too. So when you get to the certain point. But that one's a really cheap one. That one could still go. Um, It's actually sitting here, and it looks like it's getting ready to go again. So, you know, we even talked, you know, when we talked Shopify the other day, and I was saying it's two days ago. I was like, this thing's flagging. This thing, you know, if you've got, you know, your, you know, this was when it was 372. I was like, you can pick this up in the 367, 368 area. Stop yourself out of 360 at the low. It's a pretty good setup. That setup would have worked well on Friday because we finally blasted off 392. Uh, we're trading up another three points here this morning. Uh, so, you know, 400 is on the radar on this thing. So the hot get hotter. I mean, this is the way this market has worked for a long time. Once they start going, they seem to go for a while. You have to get in the news and then the algos. And they yeah, oh, yeah. Trade higher on heavy volume. That picks up more machines, and then more machines come in and buy, and uh, you get kind of – I don't think – and people in the media really focuses and says, oh, the machines are buying, the machines are ripping. And the machines rip them on headlines. The machines make markets. But you know what? It's a speculation, too. It's not all machines. There's a lot of people out there that are just speculating as well. Yeah, a lot of the daily volume is machines, but a lot of this is back-and-forth volume. But really, you know, you have institutions speculating too. There's biotech funds, there's different, you know, really what moves stocks. And, you know, people really believe it's all the algos. And, you know, it's institutional algos is really what moves stocks. It's not the high-frequency algos. The high-frequency algos are out there just taking advantage of inefficiencies for the most part. They're not speculating. 
that. You know, the stock's going to have a good trial. We're going to buy, buy, buy. And it's going to, they're not doing that stuff. They're out there making markets. Um, and, you know, they are providing liquidity to a certain extent. And they're taking advantage of market inefficiencies where, you know, an institutional algorithm comes in and they want to buy the stock. It could take three, four, five days. That's what really drives price is the institutions. Retail will drive price to a certain extent if it's a storied stock. Um, on some of the bigger ones, not as much. Because, you know, if you look retail, it's still only, I think, 15% of overall market volume. It's still institutions that move price. So don't fool yourself and say everything is algorithmic driven. Sure, it's algorithmic driven, but they're not all by high frequency traders. They're flat. A lot of institutional algorithms out there. Yeah, a lot of them are flat and then, you know, come into the day and then, you know, take the news. What I was talking more about is when, you know, you get, and maybe it's not high frequency, I'd say more systematic trading where, you know, a stock goes up on big volume and like, okay, this is on the radar now for the next day. Uh, but you're right. And then, then also, you know, sniffing out the big buyers and the big sellers is, uh, is what they do intraday. Uh, let's just cover a couple stocks uh, for the chat here. Yep. Uh, Mickey D's. Dennis, I got, did I get lucky on this one or did I get lucky? You, yeah, it was close too. And it's coming back now. Yeah. This, it looks good. It does. It does. I'm, it's starting to look like it's gearing up. Although, I, again, I'm going to say it. I've said this before, before you give your technical thoughts. Sure. This isn't really, you know, your like high growth, like this is a stock that's going to drive us in the next, you know, big bull market if it's coming. So, you know, like a Shopify, like I could see a Shopify turning around and going five, $600 in a hurry. Um, I'm long Shopify on a long-term account. You know, there's the potential. The growth is just ridiculous over there. This isn't like your, your stock that's going to be like three. If we go, you know, S&Ps go up another, you know, thousand points from here. This isn't going to be the stock that's going to be $250 leading the way. This is more of a defensive play still. So it technically right now, it looks like a decent setup. But if you think we're full-on bull raging bull here, this isn't the stock that's going to outperform. It has more it defensive nice in run, nature. Right. And uh, I'm just looking at a couple things I would look on for your Mickey D traders. Uh, one is those, man, can't ignore those highs at 198. There's one at 197.97 and one at 198. Can you see the, I mean, it's only up 48 cents from there, Dennis. Can you see anything in the book at 198? Probably nothing huge. I but, don't have my book Okay, open, don't so worry about, about it. Uh, it's always a good idea, though, as you come into new levels and if, if they've been visited before and like a roadblock, like two highs. I know you're looking at those two highs back there. It's always a good idea to look at the book because a lot of times there's order flow reasons behind those technicals. And there might just be a big seller perch. Joel could be right. Uh, um, Spencer, could you tell uh, people, we still, could someone please let me know where the show is on and how I can What, what is the status on this? Like just to right, give an so, update to the people. Yeah, because, he, you know, we know the Benzinga that, site has been down for a while. We blamed YouTube for it, which I don't understand. But what is the status? So I'll, I'll explain to you one. So yeah, the, on the pre-market dot benzinga.com website the site is still is still up it's still functional the chat is still there the video on that site is not working the way it functions is we we embed a like a, a video from youtube onto that site that has always worked for whatever reason last week that embed link stopped working so we have a a broken link from youtube uh talk to youtube uh both on chat and over email they were not helpful in the slightest bit so uh the bad news is don't have a so the embed uh, link is just not working on our YouTube channel. Right. right so no, no, not on the YouTube channel on the pre market dot 
benzinga.com website. So the bad news is the video on the pre-market site is down. The good news is we are always available on Benzinga's YouTube channel, youtube.com slash TV. That is working fine. Benzinga's YouTube channel is all good. It's just yeah. the video on the premarket.benzinga.com website is not working. But the video itself, we're on YouTube, and we're always going to be there, so we're good. So we're working on a fix for the, for the pre-market site, but in the meantime, you can find us youtube.com slash Benzinga TV. Uh, Spencer gets mad at me, but I, I think YouTube's up to something. I'm telling you they're not. <laughs> Skype. But it's working. That. I don't understand that too. And Joel, it's just ridiculously conspiracy theory, but <laughs> I'm telling it's, you it's they're nonsense. Not. Sorry, Joel. Uh premarket.benzinga.com's embed doesn't work. But you have you have we have a, a site, me and Joel, where we have premarketprep.com. It's a it's a separate link. It's a separate embed because link. Because our embed works over there. It's a separate link. It's a separate link. Well, Maybe I don't start... understand why you can embed it on one site and you can't embed it on the other site. So anyways, this is stuff to talk behind the scenes, but yeah, I'm okay. throwing a hole in all these theories here so i'll, I'll tell you it can't be that hard no i'll tell you what to say so what you're doing on on the on you guys site you're you're embedding videos we are embedding in the channel it's a different okay, okay. It's, it's a different that link. makes sense so yeah so can we up, temporarily embed embed the video here so people don't think that we just shut down operations <laughs> well, we, we <laughs> well have, i think i'm losing business i think people are thinking we're shut down operations here we're alive and well it's not us <laughs> right well, well we have to like change it up every every day which would, which would be uh, a challenge but yeah we're working on a fix for the pre-market site okay. so in the meantime still as always nothing we can do on you alex joseph said if you go to the pre-market site and you click pop out video it works yeah that that can work it, it was it was being a little fishy for me last week but okay. but it's good to know that that works uh that was that was hot and cold for me last week. That button, but yeah, the, the, there is a button on that on that uh, site. If you, it's a little pop out video. It's on sure. the top right corner of, of of where the video should be. Uh, pop it out, and that'll get you to the video itself. So, great, if you want to go with Joe's conspiracy theory, maybe it's because of that hot potato song. I I was thinking this. She is a I'll throw it on. I'll throw Joel a bone there. You did, Dennis. Come on. I, we played I, hot I, I potato another, and they're mad at us. I need a voice it. of reason Statue here. Statue gave me, me like a stern, like stern. I, I gave. Oh, I didn't even give you a stern. I just yell at you flat out on the show that it wasn't the case. But I'll give you a bone. Spencer can get stern. I yell at you all the time. Yeah, you can yell. All right, let's go. Joel used to yell at me all the time when I was a young buck. I used to always take the heat from him. <laughs> there are a lot. Back in the bright trading days and the bright trading Detroit office, I was always in trouble with Joel. You put there me in the corner a, once. You, just like, Actually, you put me in the corner for my whole trading career. to work career. on time, Dennis. You, are, you put me in my, the corner for my whole trading career. I just realized that. I traded in the corner. You did. No wonder. Joel had me in the corner because I was the young buck that was always in trouble. Punch I didn't even realize that. Me. I was Punch. being punished. Yeah, you're not, you're, not, you're not on time, and you're just horrible at art. I'm right? still not on time. I didn't learn. <laughs> I'm always struggling to get here on time. Time and me don't get along. Mega How to Man says, anyway, let's talk stocks. Yeah, okay. Uh, there are a lot of interesting ratings today for a Monday, which is not uh, – uh, so we're, we're getting – it's always interesting when you get a bank changing a rating on a bank. It, it is. And that's what's happening this morning. Citigroup upgrading Goldman Sachs to buy. The breakout for GS, 228. I would say, well, I guess we're not quite – well, 228.35 in the pre-market. So, yeah, you're trying to get out through yesterday's high. Friday's high, 227.99. I mean, it's a classic breakout here. Goldman's been sleeping for a long time. It's not an expensive stock. 
there's room to 240 easily 240 i think there's room to and maybe and maybe, yeah. maybe beyond i'm not long it kind of want to be uh trading up here well we have uh we snuck up it was at the old time high in 18 yes that was the old time high this is Probably already through the 50%, right? Yeah, just eyeballing that. You can tell. Uh, nice move here, though. It's trading at the highs of the pre-market session, 228.35. You're really in no man's land here. I'll just go to that monthly candle, too. And that high was at 239.45. That was in November of 2018, ahead of the all-time high. But if you want to drill down and look for some daily levels that's where you're gonna to have to go back to uh september 2018 that's when you hit 239.45 that's 10 bucks away though uh nice move there and goldman 210 the beginning of the month uh now pushing 230. uh citigroup in that same note they're upgrading regions financial rf to neutral u.s bank corp to neutral and citizens financial cfg also to neutral uh credit tweaks this morning upgrading trade web tw to outperform raising their price started from 51 to 54 dollars stocks come back this was one that was in the gutter for a while there but in october and just quietly snuck its way back and got back half the losses so above 46 this gets interesting Very good. and you're gonna try it today it's bid up here it's upgraded i mean is this a catalyst to take us up through the 46 i think so so you got a couple highs there. Let's see if we can get up through it. If you get through 46, then you start thinking about 50. Yep, yep. Oh, the monthlies confirm that. The dailies, all those little pops there confirm that too. Yeah. Uh, so definitely good timing there um, on the upgrade. Let's see if we can push it to 46. Where, where's the, where are they bidding it now? Uh, under 46, right? Like yeah, it's uh, 45 and a quarter, half. Oh, hang on, my system. TW, 45.17, 45.14. So the people who are bidding that, that's just, they know it's opening higher than that. I, 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 like I would say, I'd been there too. If I, know, if I wasn't doing the radio show here right now, I'd probably you know, be sit there and you're safe there. You're probably safe there. Unless there's new news comes out. If somebody hits you at 45.17, you're probably making money. So that's the upgrade traders that are sitting there making a market saying, this thing's worth more than 40 cents. I'm, I do that. I, you know, when I see a stock that's upgraded, and I think it's worth 2%, I'll bid it up 1%, saying, uh, it's my call. I believe this is worth 2%. I will buy it up 1%. If somebody's willing to sell it to me up 1%, then I'm going to try to make and extract that extra 1%. I could be wrong. Maybe new news comes out. Things happen. But, you know, that's what you're seeing with these bids. You know, when something's bid up like that, that's the upgrade traders. Yep, just trying to trying to get a little piece before the open. They're just trying to get an edge, and that's the edge. So if they get hit on that stock, they're obviously going to be trying to sell probably on the open. And you got a up market too. Yeah, so there's lots of catalysts here to make you think that this thing's going to challenge 46 today. And I think so too. So I think if you're getting at 45, 25 at the open, I think you got a shot at 46. Uh, moving on to Micron here, yeah, catching an upgrade uh, from Susquehanna to positive. They can't just positive. They can't just say buy or overweight or outperforming. <laughs> no, they're they're the special ones. They like positive. Uh, price target. They're playing catch up here, raising it from 45 to 85 dollars. It's had the move. Forty-five to eighty-five, you said. That's what I said. That's a big price target raise. Micron's been moving. This was one that I bought so horribly. Remember back in the day, I paid like I thought this was the, the breakout, and I really believed it. And I heard you know everybody talking bullish on CNBC, and I bought this in the long-term account at like fifty-nine dollars or fifty-eight dollars, and then I bought more in the forties and brought my cost basis down. Never frown average down, Rachel. 
uh, <laughs> which I don't normally do. And, you know, I ate it all the way down. I went down $20, $27 and came back in the 40s and I sold half of it. And now I've still got the other half in the long-term account. I mean, it's cyclical. I kind of learned the hard way. Chasing my moves in Micron has never worked well in the long-term account. Short-term, these things can go, though. And short-term, this is a breakout. So we're through Friday's high, 52.32. But it's a stock I do not like to chase. It seems like it always gives you another chance. And uh, if you want to go, you're up a buck seventy-two. I don't know if someone has something at fifty-three. We're just holding right up there, uh, not busting through it. Want a target here? Let's see, fifty-three sixty-eight. That was your high in August, so that's that's definitely achievable target here. Uh, trading up a buck seventy. That's what I'm seeing on the monthlies uh, for Micron Technology. Um, if we just stick with the chips here, Western Digital is getting upgraded. And it's a big one here this morning, and it has broken out in the last three days. So it's amazing when these breakouts happen, how quickly they go. This thing was just consolidating forever under 50, and now you're off to the races here on WDC. Who's upgrading it this morning? I don't know. I, have, I saw it go by my timeline. It is upgraded here this morning, and it was a big upgrade. Let me go try to find it here. Yeah, up to 20, 56, 60. Ooh, what an interesting area we're coming into. Let's look for 58. 58 was part of the gap. Um, I don't know. It might have been earnings related there in November. It was. 58, uh, open up to 58, gap to 61.33 if you're looking for a gap fill here. Up 215, ST. It is, uh, it's Susquehanna, actually. Oh, no, is that right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Same note. Same note, it's Susquehanna. Yep. So it was in the same note. Um, and they put I, a price target 90 on this one, too. So they're going for 55. That's, that's 55. Big yeah, from 55. That's, that's, big. that's big. That's a big price target move, too. So you're getting a huge move here, Western Digital. It's going to start to get, let's see the hot, that, you know, and I think you were just talking about the 58 was the high from the after earnings debacle there. So exactly. that's your first step. Yep. Then if you get into the gap, then it opens up. But, you know, on pullbacks, this one's probably to be bought. And if you're a Seagate trader, uh, STX just uh, poked its head above 60 a couple times. Yeah. But never Sleepy. really, yeah, but never really busted out. So see what happens at uh, 60 bucks. Man, this thing has clawed its way back too. Uh, also, man, you got monthly highs there at 62. Not 62, at 60 also. Uh, 59 $59.90. 93 that's a big level seagate let's see if it gets up there today only uh only 69 cents away all right it is 834 let's go to our guest now let's bring him on frank holmes he is the frank C he is the ceo and cio of u.s global investors frank good morning can you hear me i hear you perfectly good morning good morning how are you doing this morning outstanding my friend Outstanding. All right. Well, Frank, it's a good day to have you on. We were talking early on, uh, early on the show about the Boeing headline. We know you follow the uh, the airliner space. What what is your reaction to the headline for that they may um, stop production on the seven thirty seven Max and how that would affect the airliners? Well, I think there's a big impact on individually. The airline industry had a record December the first at a record uh, Thanksgiving flights. And in this uh, Christmas holiday season period, uh, they're going to be able to expand uh, their number of jets uh, that, that the airline industry as a whole will have out flying and the number of passengers they'll be able to handle another 
88,000, sorry, 800,000 passengers. So I think it's um, uh, the industry itself, the uh, airlines industry, is so undervalued on a relative basis to cash flow and earnings multiples. Speaking of jets, I just pulled up a chart of your jets ETF there. Um, give us some sort of analysis on what will be the biggest catalyst for 2020 in like for, for the airliners right now. Well, as I mentioned before, they're just making so much money on these sort of aggravating fees, additional fees that uh, the price of fuel is not as significant uh, to the, to the industry, even though the jets go up and down in price with the price of oil inversely. The oil's up, the jets are down. It's not a material factor today. Uh, and it's really much more correlated to global travel and, and, and the economy of America. And, uh, and I just think that it, it's a great reflection how well the industry is doing and how many people are flying. As I said, it's a record number of people who flew at Thanksgiving and December the 1st was the, uh, a spectacular number of people processed by TSA going through all the airports. Uh, and it bodes well, very well into the new year. We're on the line with Frank Holmes, CEO and Chief Investment Officer at, of U.S. Global Investors. Frank, let's just go back to the, the crude. I mean, in, in the past, that has been more of a, you know, a little bit of a factor. There's one of the big expenses for airlines is crude. Uh, back over $60 here. Is there a point, and I know Delta, I know some of these firms uh, do some hedging, you know, with the fuel costs. I mean, okay, there's no problem at 60 here, but 62, 65, 67. Where's a little bit of a pain point here uh, for the airlines as far as uh, jet fuel cost and oil? Uh, probably as you get above 80. And, and I think this oh, is another uh, great example. $80 a barrel, I think, is where you have to start feeling the pain because they're very sophisticated in how they hedge, uh, how they uh, daily hedging forward, most of the airlines, except for American Airlines and Allegiant. Uh, so they're the most, most leveraged to oil staying down or falling. Uh, they make the most cash flow. Uh, and, uh, you know, you're reading a lot about, you know, smaller and private jet airline companies uh, emerging here. Any of those you follow or any, any of those publicly traded that are worth mentioning? No, there's nothing really publicly traded in that space. Uh, so I, I, uh, the huh. biggest player is Berkshire Hathaway owning NetJets. All right, so you uh, you follow the airlines market very closely, but you also uh, follow the U.S. metals here, and um, you sent a nice chart over that you wanted to talk about, and what you wanted to talk about uh, was the GOAU ETF, uh, Continuing Outperformance Peers. Uh, let's talk about that ETF, its components, and what you're looking for in 2020. Well, it's gold, gold, and, and the um, element symbol for gold is AU, uh, so it's gold, gold. Uh, it's a quant approach uh, to picking gold stocks, and it's a complete different narrative than how they're predominantly research analysts write about gold stocks. Uh, what's really unique about this particular product is that 30% are gold royalty companies who have very high gross margins, uh, have much lower volatility in their cash flow, uh, and uh, the Franklin Nevadas, the Wheat and Precious, and Royal Gold have just been spectacular performers, both on, in rising gold scenarios and falling. They fall less, 
and they rise uh, with the market. So they've had a great competitive advantage. The rest of the stocks are dominated. They're listed in North America, either Canada, or the U.S., and interlisted. Um, and we pick them based on factors that have the uh, highest revenue per share growth um, and make sure that they do M&A work that there's no dilution to those factors of revenue and cash flow per share. So we found that this is the factor that too many gold mining stocks have done financings that have not delivered on revenue growth or production growth and vice versa. These mergers are great for top line growth, but on a per share basis, they're terrible. They just don't work out and those stocks all quickly get dumped. This is a mechanism that is a pass. It's actually is a passive model, but we have to retool it every quarter, a screen through all the names that show up from the, on the five key quant factors. Can you tell us some of those components or do the factors that go into that or would, is that all? Yeah, I, I, you know, cash flow return on invested capital on a per share basis, revenue per share for the last quarters above four quarters, cash flow last quarters above four quarters, uh, profit margin, things like that are the factors that go into it. They're not equally weighted because we backtested. We spent 8,000 hours backtesting before we launched this product and it's far, far outperformed in a GDXJ or any of its any of its peers uh, since we launched it two years ago. And and I believe it will continue to do so because it's dynamic and recalibrates every quarter. It's very structured, dynamic, very disciplined. Dynamic. Very dynamic. Uh what about what about the gold, the bullion itself? I had that uh move up to sixteen fifty, back down to fourteen fifty, long consolidation here. Trying to get back into that 1500 handle. Give us uh, your prospects for gold and silver in 2020. Well, I remain you know, very bullish, but I tell all your listeners that I like the Ray Dalio approach, uh, a 6 to 10% weighting in, in gold and rebalancing every quarter. It's just prudent when you're running a diversified portfolio. And Bridgewater is the largest hedge fund in the world, and, and they do have exposure to gold. So I think for investors, that they should have a, consider having you know, 5 to 10% weighting. Uh, and, and so that's the real big factor. I think that still the EU... Uh, is using monetary policies to try to stimulate the economy. And that's QE 1, 2, and 3. And when we had record number of negative real interest rates in August, that was a surge to gold of 1640. Um, it's corrected a bit here. It's consolidating. I think the gold trade's much, much higher. Uh, and there's many factors that, for that. First of all, 60% of all gold demand is for lung. It's called the Great Love Trade, and uh, it's, it's, it's correlated to the rising GDP per capita of China and India, affectionately known as Chindia. 30 years ago, those two countries had very low GDP per capita. Uh, today, it's been on a steady climb for 30 years, like a 40-degree angle, and uh, very positive and constructive. So today, they've gone from <clears throat> their 50% of all gold demand, and they give it for gift-giving, 24-karat gold jewelry. So I think that that's a really significant factor, and it's very much related to jets because the tourism globally, the Chinese are spending much more money. They dominate uh, from the New York Stock Exchange. I would say 50% of all the tour guides up there are from Chinese groups. Uh-huh. And when I was in Austria, in Salzburg, 50% of the tours were going to see Mozart. It was Chinese. So they're they're dominating global travel and global spending this way. They all want to see the world. They want to see America. So I I remain very bullish on both those categories, the airline industry, along with having gold. 
in your portfolio. All right, uh, let's move on here. Is there any other sectors that are on your radar here at the end of 2019? Maybe something that uh, is a little victim of some tax selling, maybe looking for a rebound in, uh, in early 2020. Clearly, uh, micro cap stocks have had a, a real challenging time because of all the regulations and rules that have come out that impacted mutual funds, uh, such as liquidity issues, et cetera. And all it's done is exasperated that market. So there's many high-quality micro-cap stocks out there uh, with, with growth and growing and launching new, new businesses. So I think that that's one sector if you're looking at that's very attractive. Uh, you use stock screens to pick those stocks uh, in that portfolio. The other thing that I really love is luxury goods. In luxury goods, we sell the largest LVMH become make the largest acquisition of buying Tiffany's. Uh, I continue to take a look at companies like Tesla. I've had spectacular numbers. Luxury car, uh, along with Ferrari, is another com the co a company that recently went public a couple of years back, and it's far outperformed Ford or GM. And I love that movie, Ford versus GM. Sorry, for Ferrari. <laughs> Ford versus Ferrari. With Shelby as a classic Texan. Uh, taking on uh, the Italians, but uh, in, in the movies today, it's a fantastic movie. But I, I think that luxury goods are going to continue uh, to 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 be very high gross margins and are much more resilient to economic slowdowns. What is, is is Tesla a luxury good? I hadn't thought of it like that. Yes, it is. It shows up on on all the models because their average car is is substantially higher in price. And uh, it's now bigger than Ford, its market cap. Uh, and it, cl it climbs that proverbial wall of worry and doubt and lots of negative news. But um, another thing is, is we looked at LVMH, uh, it, it's bigger than Mercedes and its market cap. You know, go ahead. I'm just going to ask you before I let you go, and I know you don't, um, you don't follow these. What do you think of the legacy uh, uh, automotive stocks? Ford and GM have gone absolutely nowhere here uh can you see any hope for shareholders of those issues well i think the big concern is a, is a cyclical is one uh for those uh, old manufacturing units and the pmis in america have been slowed out for four months in a row uh that's hurting the trucking business and it's also uh in the car business is showing up because it's it's a manufacturing uh i think we have to get this trade war settled uh, with that, and we have to maintain lower interest rate. We have that big turnaround in the cars, and it was because they need to be funded. Uh, that car, the ability to buy cars, rising interest rates last year really hurt car sales, and uh, I think the rates have come down a bit. Now they're flat. Uh, is probably going to help me an uptick going into next year. But PMIs, Purchasing Manufacturers Index, or as they call it. ISM in America is a leading indicator. It's six months out and it's highly correlated to commodity demand uh, for manufacturing these units. So I think that once that turns up, that will be very positive for the car industry. All right. Frank Holmes is the CEO and CIO of U.S. Global Investors. Frank, thanks so much for the time and have a good rest of the year. Happy holidays and happy investing in 2020. All right. You, you as well. 8.47 here, Joel. 
creeping, What's doing? just creeping higher. Uh, Pre-market high right there, 91.75, up 15.75. Nothing, uh, maybe look for 3,200 today. That would fit within uh, the nine-day average trading range. I uh, just wanted to look at two other stocks we were asked about that we didn't cover. Uh, one was Home Depot and did make a new low last week. But, boy, you found a buyer here under 211. Three days in a row, 1061, 1073, 1067. Uh, if you're looking for, you know, an area to lean on, once again, I think Dennis may come on and say, hey, is this going to be a stock that if, you know, if the market's going to go up, you know, have another big move. Is he's one of the stocks that's going to be leading? I don't know, but looks interesting here. Found some good support and now trying to bust over 214. That was the highs from the last two sessions. Triple D, any? What's the other stock? Uh, Starbucks. We were talking about that, getting ready to go. Yeah, it, it looked like it was breaking out back when it was 85 and it has. I mean, 90 is the next stop, I would think. What it does at 90. Obviously, it's going to be impactful there. So, can we thought it might push it to 89 on Friday. I think it got an upgrade, but it couldn't quite get through 89. Getting a running start at it today, yeah. though. So, we'll see. Uh, but not much after that. Pair highs in the same area there for Starbucks. And balances are big. Some of them are big in their both directions, which is interesting. You know, you come in a day like this, you think everything's going to have a big buy and balance. Not the case. There's some big buy and balances. Disney, 51000 to buy, stands out on the buy side. But on the sell side, there's some big names here. Really? Salesforce.com, 51000 to sell in CRM. So that's, you know, interesting. It's only trading up 0.35% probably because of these imbalance traders are saying, we've got a seller at the open here. Bristol Myers is trading down substantially. I'm not sure if there's a headline there. Um, I didn't notice one, but I might have missed it. 325,000 to sell on BMY. That's huge. So, was there a headline for BMY? Just check quick. I'll check the pro. Not, not that I saw this morning. Yeah, I don't see. Uh, there was a there was a headline from Friday night. No, not really. So anyways, that looks like it's imbalance driven. So 325,000 shares to sell. It's trained down 50 cents here in the pre-market. Uh, just look at HPQ, 97,000 to sell. Johnson Johnson, 41,000 to sell. IBM, 30,000 to sell. Snap, 67,000 to sell. A lot of these stocks are trading higher, which is you know obviously expected with the overall market. So a lot of people are expecting that there's going to be big buyers that come in and offset these, and these are just going to pair off. That's going to be a non-event. But sometimes the opening imbalances don't pair off. Um, Exxon, 52,000 to sell. Yep. Chevron, 22,000 to sell. There is a few, like I said, there's, they're not all sells. I'm, I'm cherry picking and looking at the sells. There's a few buys here too. DuPont, which is in the news, DD, we can get to in a second. It's got 29,000 to buy. But just when I'm looking here, this isn't the kind of imbalances I notice when we're trading up two points on, or 20 handles here. It doesn't look like the stocks, you know, at least so far are going to participate, you know, as much at least in the pre-market. Um, obviously, it's going to, you know, the R will come in at 9.30 in either direction, but I don't see this huge run in the stocks here right now. Uh, you want to see an interesting chart. Take a look at Roku. It's been weak. Yeah. It's broke. It, it, you know, it, the stock and the story still, you know, story is still there, but again, this is, you know, showing, you know, it's valuations are ridiculous. It's showing some weakness here now. Last three days started to break down here. Didn't make a new high on the recent move either, which is always concerning to a technician. When you see it all come all the way back from 100 up to 168, it did not make a new high on the move. And now you're starting to show the weakness. Again, I'm going to say with Roku, I believe in the long run, this thing's back, you know, under $100. And 
I, I'm not a fan of it long term because I think, you know, yes, they're in the TVs. Yes, but there's a lot of smart TVs that are coming out that don't need the Roku technology. I still believe it's a temporary fix for a lot of people like for me. I went out and bought a Roku stick because my one TV isn't a smart TV. My other TV is smart. I didn't need a Roku stick. Now, so they've obviously got a focus going forward and making sure that they're in all the smart TVs because in a, five years from now, nobody's going to need a Roku stick. They're all going to be smart TVs. So that's a consideration. Is I just worry about Roku being a temporary solution to, to a problem that's out there. And that's why I don't know if I'm buying it at these, you know, nosebleed multiples. Yeah, here. this is this is a super interesting chart because you had, I think, the downgrade to sell that was probably what two weeks ago. Uh, I can't remember the firm that did that. And then the next day, Laura Martin and Needham, who's been great on the stock, came out and defended it, and it had it rallied. But I took my eye off it, and here you yesterday, Friday. Uh, you tested that low from the uh, downgrade day at 132.40. Then you went to 132.16 on Friday. Ah, that's a big level here. So two bucks away from there. Oh, no. Next time down, though, I think it could go through. So interest. Analyst battle. Uh, one knocks it down. One brings it back up. And now it's right back at that area. So I don't know. Interesting here. Wouldn't want to be long this thing under 132. Uh, Dennis, you mentioned uh, DuPont. Uh, they mm-hmm. are in the news this morning. DuPont is uh, merging their nutrition business with IFF. And so that's... A, <laughs> they must have paid a pretty big premium because IFF's getting hit. The the new... Uh, the, the deal values the combined company at $45.4 billion on an enterprise value basis. IFF's down seven bucks on this, so that's significant. I'll let the dust settle on that one. Yeah. DuPont's getting a lift. Let's see what it does at Friday's high. You're just slightly above there right now at 66.73. So I'm not following it close enough to know, you know the deals and analyze the fundamentals and we'll have 10 seconds of analysis here. But yeah. just from a technical basis, there's a lot of overhead supply in DuPont. I've, I've never really understood this. I, you know what it is, right? The IFF, you know, those little flavoring things you get for cooking, all the little bottles that last like is that what it is? years. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think you're yeah, right. Yeah, like the vanilla and all that stuff that just sits in your cupboard and then you got to check the expiration date. I just didn't think people bought that stuff that much. That stock's been unbelievable, really. If you're yeah, looking, obviously, you know, just from 2013, it's been from $50, but we've put in hard tops around 140 Now you're coming off. Tough. Tough, huh. tough to tough to just say this is the bottom down seven. I've you know like like I said I seem to you know I lose a lot of money trying to call bottoms on stocks. So so I try not to do it anymore when All they're right. going straight down. Eight fifty four, Spencer. Did we uh, have we covered all the ratings? Was there anything? We, we have missed? not covered them all. There's a few more I want to get to. Uh, Pepsi catching a downgrade this morning from Morgan Stanley to equal weight. Haven't talked to Pepsi for a while. Sleepy stock, 136, you find buyers, which is another point below here. So kind of in the middle of it. Yep. I think I don't think this is one's going to turn around and lose two, three points because it got downgraded here. Uh, it's a stock that's beta is really low. doesn't move that much. I mean, there's probably buyers on pullbacks here somewhere. If you want to keep an eye on this one longer term, I'd see what happens. You break down below 136, a little room to the downside, not a lot. And then 138, because you have traded within that range for one, two, three, four, five, six sessions in a row. So 
see if you can either take out the resistance above 138 or the support of 136, but just uh, comfortably near all-time highs here, all-time high in the issue, 140.45. So not, not a big mover here. I mean, I guess it's down opposite of the market, down 76 cents. But once again, looking at that 136 support. And then one more uh, back to the upgrades. Elf Beauty catching an upgrade from Morgan Stanley to Overweight. They are giving it a $20 price target. The stock has come back a long ways from the lows. I mean, this stock was ugly 2017, 2018, and 2019. It could do nothing but go straight down. We went from $30 down to, when? how low did we go? We went really low there for a while. Looks like I'm just grabbing it. Seven yeah. bucks? Yeah. Six seventy. And that was the washout. It must have been an earnings day or something. It started to reverse from there, got above 10, you know, and broke out from 10. And the old support becomes new, or the old resistance becomes new support trick. When it came back down, it held the 10. And then we had the run to 20. So, I mean, these things, you know, just now, now you're starting to come off just a little bit here as of late. But you turn around, you put a couple lows in the same area. Maybe you do think about like a 50% retracement of the recent move. So, 18 yeah. down to 14 and a half, probably bring you back into the. 1650 area somewhere in there that's probably where maybe i'd lighten up if i was long but it's up big this one it's up five percent on the upgrade was there some like uh takeover chatter or um activists getting active or something back on november 7th because you had a 1789 close you know they had earnings on the sixth that was that was earnings Yeah. yeah wow 1975 open, almost two straight down. Higher. Yeah, 1996, and then Kaplui went all the way down. But volatile stock for 15, 16. Well, not as late. I'm just looking at those couple yeah. suggestions here. But interesting candle here. And I just look at the Alta. Alta did fade off its report. Uh, it took a little bit, but that day of the report uh, was the high comeback. Couldn't fill the gap. Uh, 260 is kind of standing out here, uh, 260, 261. I see a couple highs in there. So that's important for Alta to take out here uh, in order to prevent uh, a little drift lower. Gets back up over 260, Alta would be interesting. I'm not interested in telling it back up over 260. Yep. We need like an Oprah alarm on the show. Every time Oprah is- What did she do? Uh, so nothing, uh, you know, that would- that, it, that you wouldn't expect, but Weight Watchers and Oprah announced the extension of their partnership into 2025. I only bring that up because if you look at the chart of WW back in late 2015, there that gap up and actually the, yeah. that, that that was the original Oprah, announcement but... of uh, of Oprah and Weight Watchers, and that kickstarted mm-hmm. that gi- that gigantic mm-hmm. move upward that yeah. we've since given most of it back, but. Uh, Oprah was granted, let's see, I'm going to read some headlines here. She was granted a fully vested option to buy 3.3 million shares. That represents 4.3% of the uh, shares outstanding. What else did she say? That's pretty much it. So Oprah and Weight Watchers together until 2025 at least. And we don't. We know the power of Oprah. She never, we do that. I mean, but. Did she didn't sell any stock on that that move down from 105 bucks? I'd give her a lot of credit here because that thing, whew, that was straight down for months. But now up back to recovery, up a buck 43, 40 bucks looks like an interesting level. Yeah, I'm not sure I'm jumping all excited and think it's going back to the highs because uh, Oprah's yeah. continuing the relationship. Not going back to 100. I don't. I can't. No. I, I, mean, I don't know if it's going back to 44. <laughs> okay. 
So, well, I, I'm not. Not doubt the power of Oprah. No. We, no. I, I agree. I agree. She's still on board, so I'm not shorting it either. I think I'm just out. It's not like it's a new, like it's a new thing, though. It's like, yeah, oh, Oprah, we, we kind of know she's already with Weight Watchers, so she extended it. It's not like the first time around. It's like, oh, Oprah's involved again. Oprah's still staying involved, so I'm not all that excited about it. Next. And that was we only got one minute left, so give yeah. me a good one. I I don't have anything for you. I have imbalances still to look at here. <laughs> Snap, 65,000. I'm just, like, was, looking at this S&Ps, like, no. and these S&Ps are just saying that these imbalances, like CRM's grown. It's 79,000 to sell now. There's a few big ones in here to the sell side. I kind of think the S&P comes in a little bit here at the open. Like, I'm not saying we're going to go, we're not going to go red or anything, but we're up 20 handles. I feel like we should only be up like 12 or 13. So, anyways, maybe the imbalances, maybe big buyers all come in at 929, and, and that's probably what's going to happen. And just then we're gonna so, open up. Yeah, I mean, for the S&Ps, I mean, there's just no reason. Every person that's ever shorted it is underwater here, so you know path of least resistance oh it's high oh yeah we're not getting bearish here i'm yeah. talking to you day right. traders out there you know the arb ones that are looking here and buying up 20 handles this morning i think you might get it cheaper if you're just looking to buy i think i think we could come in a little bit all right and we are uh we did switch over to the uh march contract oh. that's h e s h 20 for you futures traders i pay for futures yeah. quotes yeah and then what uh we got quad witch on friday right because it's going to be... Oh, my the, goodness. Yeah. Yep. Snuck in on us. It's a late one, too. Yep. And then we get the holiday week, a shortened week, uh, the following uh, next two weeks. But uh, that's what we got on the agenda. Lots here. of fun in store. What? So lots of fun in store. Oh, lots of fun in store. I don't know what I heard, but it, but it wasn't that. I hope not. <laughs> All right. Um, lots yeah. of fun. That's it for our show today. Uh, I want to remind everyone that you can call us now. Leave us a voicemail. Ask a question. We'll, we'll play it on the air. The number is 734-494-0246. So 734-494-0246. Call us up. Leave us a voicemail. If we like it, we'll play it on the air and talk about your question. Uh, missed any part of our show, catch it as always on our podcast or we watch our show on YouTube, wherever podcasts are available, or as I mentioned, youtube.com slash Benzinga TV. want to thank our guest, Frank Holbs. Thanks to all of you in our chats. Please remember all the information from our show is meant to be used as informational purposes only, not for investing or trading advice. Everyone have a great rest of your Monday. We'll be back with you on Tuesday. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.